Good morning. And good morning to everyone that's not going to stay. <laughs> there it is. Okay. Well, good morning, everyone tuning in online as well. And we just welcome you all this morning. And apparently, there is some good yard sales out there because everyone is yard sailing this morning. <laughs> and not at Or on a boat. Are they boating this weekend? Are they boating? Well, can boat you can boat. Weekend? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can boat. There's a little bit of water left. Hey, man, it's, gr- it's great to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. And I am so glad that you guys came out on this holiday weekend. Sometimes the numbers are a little small because of that, but I believe you're going to be in for a treat this morning because um, we've just got some special things in service. And ah, Praise the Lord. And with less people, you get more snacks. <laughs> we have which, a lot of them today. Which is, I'm sure, why you came, right? That tray with its cinnamon sugar stuff on that, that's mine, okay? I feel like I have bad breath. Because, like, everyone seems really far away today. (laughs) Too much coffee breath or something this morning. So, so it's it's a small group this morning. Not that it really matters. I usually tell strange stories. But years ago, we had a a worship leader here who was an amazing, amazing worship leader, really a gifted musician. He drank a lot, and I mean a lot of coffee. And he had a headset mic that he would use, and it had one of these little fuzzy balls on it. And uh, every once in a while, I'd lead, um, and I'd use his headset mic. And his little fuzzy ball was the most disgusting-smelling thing, <laughs> and it would just sit there under my nose. And so, so I guess if you're on the worship team, bring your own fuzzy ball. <laughs> That's the moral of the story. <laughs> Amen. Ah. <sighs> Well, the Bible says laughter does the heart good. Amen. So we, we'll la- laugh a little bit. Yep, thank you. But we want to worship the Lord, in the, and we want to worship in spirit and in truth. We want to bring everything to him this morning, offer him a, a sacrifice of praise as we sing, as we lift up our hands. And so let's, let's just pray this morning and give him this time. Heavenly Father, We are so blessed and so grateful to be in your house this morning, to be gathered with the other saints, to encourage one another, to be encouraged, to give you the praise and honor that you're due, Lord. God, we want to bring a a sacrifice of praise this morning. We want to lift our hands and let it be as the evening sacrifice, as the scriptures say. We want to cast our our eyes on you. We want to look fully into you, lean on you and give you the praise that you're due. God, you've blessed us um, with salvation, which is the greatest gift. In addition to that, you've given so many other incredible blessings, and even the fact that we're in this beautiful community um, here in Big Bear this morning, we just want to give you praise for that. Father, we pray for those this morning who um, aren't feeling well, those who uh, are struggling with, with illness and those who couldn't come. 
um, those who are, are separated even at home because of uh, immune systems. Lord, we pray that you would touch them, bless them, bring healing. Also, Lord, bring encouragement uh, uh, for all those that are maybe discouraged this morning. Father, we pray that you would come and touch and meet each of us this morning. Let it not just be a time of, of singing songs, but let us enter into your presence and feel uh, your touch and feel um, your presence, Lord, this morning. So bless this service in Jesus' name. Amen. And let's stand as we worship this morning. And Your grace is enough 
God, that you're not distant, but you are our Father. You're a loving Father. You are my Father in heaven. You are the Spirit inside me. You are my Jesus who loves me. and the sea. Your river runs with love for me, and I will open up my heart. Let the healer set me free. I'm happy to be in the truth, and I will daily lift my hands, for I will always sing of when your love came down. I could sing of your love forever. Sing of your love forever. I could sing of your love forever. I could sing of your love forever. Over the mountains and the sea, your river runs with love for me, and I will open up my heart and let the set me free. I'm happy to be in the truth, and I will daily lift my hands, for I will always sing of when your love came down. I could sing of your love forever. I could sing 
King of your love forever. I could sing 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 of your love forever. Oh, I feel like dancing. It's foolishness, I know. Sound, Lord, I'm amazed. 
forgiven because you were forsaken I'm accepted you were condemned I'm alive and well your spirit is within me because you died and rose again let's sing that again I'm forgiven because you were forsaken I'm accepted you were condemned I'm alive and well your spirit is within me because you died and rose again Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would die for me? Amazing love, I know it's true, and it's my joy to honor you in all I I'm accepted, you were condemned, I'm alive and well, your spirit is within me, because you died and rose again, amazing love, you my king would die for me amazing love I know it's true it's my joy to honor amazing love amazing love how can it be that you my Die for me. Amazing love, I know it's true. And it's my joy to honor you in all I do. Amazing love. Amazing. 
Greet someone before you sit down and love on them a little bit. Good morning, Journey Church. Oh, there I am. <laughs> well, hey, welcome. We're so excited to have you guys here. If this is your first time here, we're very excited to have you, and we would love to get connected with you. One way that you can do that is by filling out the connection cards that are in the pockets of the seats, and then you can put that. There's little tithe and offering boxes in the back. Um, Aiden, can you be my Vanna White and show the tithe and offering box right behind you? Ooh, ah, yes, thank you. <laughs> um, hey, I want to invite Kathy up. She's got a, uh, an update for Compassion International. So if you want to come on down.
Good morning, everyone. Um, I just wanted to update you on um, how our Compassion Sunday went last last week. Um, we're doing I'm doing a second Sunday because I still have some child packets. If you're still interested to sponsor a child internationally in a third world country, um, we had a wonderful turnout last week. Um, we sponsored nine children, and. And I, I called Compassion International, who are headquartered at Colorado Springs, because they wanted to know how the event went. They said the average church sponsored four children, so we more than doubled that. So we are superstars. So anyway, um, there are some packets of children still waiting to be sponsored. If you're interested, um, I'll be there after the service at the table. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. That's great, you guys. I think I've mentioned this before, but yeah, it's 38 bucks a month. And we um, at Illuminate Youth Group, we sponsor a child every month. And it's pretty cool. We pass around this little bucket that has Christopher's face on it. And he's from Guatemala. And so it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a good way to connect with those that are less fortunate. And um, what's cool about it, too, is that by sponsoring them, they, they, um, that helps them to get education. And most importantly, the word of God. And so, and food and all that kind of stuff. So it's really neat. So, all right. Well, I just have a few more announcements for us. The first one is this. So um, we've created this cool spreadsheet here that is for snack signups. Um, if you are interested in, in your baker or you want to bring snacks one week and are interested and can bring that, we have the sign-up sheet here. And then we have people that set up the snacks every week. So, or if that's something you're looking Maybe you'd like to help and serve in that way. This will be hanging out by the snack table. So as you take a muffin, look up and see. Um, I know for sure that we are looking for someone next week. So um, if the Lord lays that on your heart, please sign up for that. Um, the next announcement I have is that next Saturday, June 4th, we have our women's tea. It's $7 to go. And if you're interested, you can purchase tickets from Shannon, who's hiding in the sound booth back there. <laughs> um, it's just going to be a great opportunity for us as women to come and fellowship and have tea and, um, yeah, enjoy each other's company. So, so that is, again, next Saturday on the 4th. And speaking of things for women, on the 11th, PTL Plus Ministry, which if you don't know, is the Christian bookstore out by the village that Bobby here runs. And she uh, does the ministry and she does the bookstore. They wanted to bless single women by doing a car checkup day. So from 10, 10 to 2 that day, if you're a single woman who has a car that may need to just get, you know, your oil checked and um, check on your tire pressure and see maybe like your windshield wipers if those are doing well, um, come on down. Um, you do need to make an appointment for that. So Bobby, if you could raise your hand, um, go connect with her and she'll put you down for that. And if there's anybody that is good with cars and wants to help serve, that day, please also check with Bobby as well. I would say men, but hey, there's some girls in here that I think uh, can check the tire pressure and stuff like that. So um, yeah, so that's just a great way to bless the community and especially single women. <coughs> Me. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, well, I just want to continue on with our time of worship and receive our tithes and offerings. And as I do that, I wanted to read to you this scripture. Wait for it. It says, this is from... Uh, Psalms 145, verses 3 through 6. It says, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works 
to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will, will proclaim your great deeds. I thought that was such a great verse as we talk about tithing, because when we tithe, that is our way of giving back to the Lord. It's our way of being faithful to him, and we're sowing into the ministries that we have here at the Journey Church, which then goes out and tells the world, tells the next generation of who Jesus is. And so just be reminded and encouraged of that, that that is our calling to tell the world about Jesus, and whether that's through our tithes and our offerings, whether it's at work, with our family, we want to be faithful to him, and we want to be able to tell the world about who he is. Amen? All right, let's pray for that now. Father, we thank you so much, God, that you deserve to be praised, God. We thank you that it is nothing of our own that we can ever do to even come close to the goodness of who you are. God, your word says we are like, our righteousness is like filthy rags. So, God, we thank you that your righteousness is what covers us each and every day. God, that we can walk in faith and in authority of who you are and what you've done for us. Lord, help us to tell the world about that and tell the world about your love. We love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. sense of reverence, those heroes who also go by other names, like grandpa, wife, husband, son, daughter, dad, mom, friend, and sweetheart, men and women of whom the world wasn't worthy, and by whose sacrifice we can all enjoy the blessed gift of freedom today. These heroes knowingly and willingly went into battle, not just for the millions of Americans of their day, but for the millions more they would never know and never see. And in doing that, they triggered for us believers a familiar feeling in our hearts the blessed wonders of our redemption. Though we do not know or remember every name or every face, the Lord God, who is their maker, knows each one by name. 
From him they came, and to him they returned. share uh, a little with you about my experiences in the military and uh, hopefully bring some honor to those that lost their lives in service to this amazing country. Firstly, I want to thank my brothers and sisters in uniform for your service and the many sacrifices you've made for your country. Thank you. While our gratitude to you is never ending this weekend, we do want to honor those that are not as fortunate to be here with their loved ones and us. And if you would uh, join me and let us take a moment to silence to honor those men and women.
For those of you that don't know me, um, I'm active duty in the United States Coast Guard. I'm stationed in San Diego, California, uh, with a, one of the Coast Guard's counterterrorism units. Uh, I'm a maritime enforcement specialist, which is essentially a, uh, a federal law enforcement officer that operates in the maritime environment, enforcing laws upon um, the United States federally regulated waterways. Um, a lot of our missions involve counter drug, um, general criminal laws, um, living marine resources, and um, uh, general safe, uh, boater safety laws. Um, the unit I'm at currently is uh, a little bit different than some of the training I've received. Um, what I wanted to, to talk to you all a little bit about today is what aspects of the military look like. I'm sure a lot of you know that the military does a lot of training. We train, we train, we train, we train. It's pretty much our job is just to be trained. And sometimes you sit back and you think, man, what am I, what am I training for? What am I training for? You know, and you, you'll, you'll spend, some people will spend their entire careers, never get deployed, never go anywhere, never do anything, but they train, 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 train. And um, there's a purpose behind it. There's a purpose behind that training. There's a purpose behind the countless hours, the pain, the sweat, the tears of hard work that goes into what, uh, what we do. Um, for my job specifically, when I, I spent the last three months in Charleston, South Carolina, the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center, we would spend a lot of time in hand-to-hand uh, -hand combat training um, we would spend a lot of time shooting and um, also spend a lot of time um, conducting boarding procedures, how we interacted with the public, how we enforced our laws, how we, and then tying everything that we learned together so that we could use good judgment while we're out there in the field. There's a reason that they break it down to some steps that seem very monotonous and then they drill it into you. Because when you put an individual into a situation where they get completely stressed out and they have nothing to fall back on, make poor decisions. People can get hurt and sometimes die or sometimes just paralyzed with fear. So a lot of the things that we would do while we were in school is we would learn every element of our sidearm or our weapon, you know, and those of us that had previous training, it was very monotonous for us, like we've done this already, we was repetitive, we've already gone through this and experienced this. But there is importance to it because when we got put onto the range and there was a malfunction, if we hadn't gone through those initial steps, we wouldn't know how to work through our malfunction on our weapon and get back into a fight. And then we go through the different courses of fire to get better and more proficient with our marksmanship over and over and over and over and over again to attain the right standard. As you transition out of those basic courses and basic learning and basic instruction, you go to more advanced training where things can get a little more intense, a little scarier. And the unit that I'm currently at, like my dad said, it's a counterterrorism unit, so our job and our mission is to respond to domestic terrorist threats. Um, I myself am not on a team right now. I just reported and so I'm uh, about to start my training pipeline. But what the mission is, is essentially these uh, individuals will respond to 
terrorist attacks um, on the mainland of the chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear, and explosive uh, nature. They will practice helicopter insertion, the uh, fast roping, and also hook and climb, which is where they will take a uh, specially designed ladder from a small boat coming alongside the vessel that is the target, and they'll hook onto it, and they'll ascend 50, 75 feet in the air with 60 pounds of gear. You can't just take somebody who's never done anything and just put them in a situation like that. There's a lot of things that can happen, a lot of incidents, and there's been incidents that have happened. A young ME3, a maritime enforcement specialist, Sean Lin, was conducting hook and climb training. And he was about 25 feet up in the air, slipped on a rung, fell, hit his head, and sank. They recovered his body later on down the river. And from there, the Coast Guard realized that they needed to put more time and care into training and building up their their teammates, their shipmates, their, their, uh, their members. To avoid instances like that, to avoid casualties like that, you can't just take somebody who hasn't had any experience and put them into a gunfight and ensure that they're going to be able to come back home or that they're going to get their brothers or their sisters in arms back home. There's a reason for all that rep repetition, for all that stress. I'm sure y'all are very familiar with movies and stuff like that, and you know they kind of sort of might justify a little bit um, the suck, as, as a lot of people like to call it. There's a reason for it. There's a reason for all that yelling. There's a reason for all that screaming. There's a reason for all that condescending talk is to train you and develop you so that you are able to focus while you're in the middle of that fight so that you can bring yourself home and your friends. Now, unfortunately, there are times when that's not possible. And that, unfortunately, is the nature of combat and of the, the nature of the job that is the military, many aspects and elements of it. Um, my experience, I, uh, I got stationed up in Portland, Oregon for about a year and a half, I was doing something called ace to navigation where I would work on the rivers um, and work on buoys in the water and also land navigation aids. And um, on a cutter in the Coast Guard, as well as in the Navy, you have to maintain certain qualifications to be ready to respond to certain casualties that happen, fires, flooding, things of that nature. So we would train periodically throughout the year on how to respond to fires. It was very systematic. Everyone would muster or meet up in a certain area. There would be accountability of the crew. And then we would go to our stations and we would attack whatever casualty was happening, flooding or fire. And we would do it over and over and over and over again, sometimes in the late hours of the night, until it was done perfectly. So that in the event that there was a fire, we were going to be able to go home. We were going to sit there on that boat, and that boat wasn't going to burn or sink and take us with it. We do that for our safety and for the safety of those to the right and to the left of us. Same thing applies to my job currently, as it is uh, law enforcement and counterterrorism. There's a lot of bad people out there, and you want to make sure that you're the one coming home to your family. And so there's a reason that they'll send you out weeks on end and kick the crap out of you and, and 
take your shooting and stress you out and make sure that you can pass the standards so that you're going to be the one who's going to succeed and come back home. There's a lot of training that goes in the military, but like I said earlier, unfortunately, sometimes that training isn't always going to guarantee to bring you home, which we've seen in these examples of these heroes, of these men and these women that have fallen in the line of duty. They did train. They did everything right. They did everything perfectly, and they weren't able to make it. They made the ultimate sacrifice. I want to share a story with you about uh, a gentleman named Douglas Monroe. He is the only individual in the Coast Guard to posthumously and, and at all receive the uh, Medal of Honor. So Albert Monroe, born October 11, 1919, was a United States Coast Guardsman who was posthumously decorated with the Medal of Honor for an act of extraordinary heroism. During World War II, Monroe was born in Canada to an American father and a British mother. His family moved to the, to the United States when he was a child. He was raised in South Clay, Lum, Washington, and attended Central Washington College of Education. Before volunteering, before volunteering for military services shortly before the United States entered World War II. During the Guadalcanal campaign, Monroe was assigned to a naval operating base, Cactus, at Lunga Point, where a small boat operation was coordinated at the Second Battle of the Monte Nakayu in September 1942. He led the extrication of a force of Marines whose position had been overrun by Japanese forces. After making preliminary plans for the evacuation of nearly 500 Marines, Monroe, under constant strafing by enemy machine guns on the island and at great risk of his life, daringly led five of his small craft toward the shore. As he closed the beach, he signaled the others to land, and then in order to draw away the enemy's fire and protect the heavily loaded boats, he valiantly placed his craft where the perilous task evacuation was nearly completed, Monroe was instantly killed by enemy fire. But his crew, two of whom were wounded, carried on until the last boat had loaded and cleared the beach. Through his outstanding leadership, expert planning, and dauntless devotion to duty, he and his courageous comrades undoubtedly saved the lives of many who otherwise would have perished, including that of Lieutenant General Chesty Puller, known as the most decorated Marine in the United States history. Monroe's story is one of many who gave the ultimate sacrifice for their country, their shipmates, and their family. We read in John 15, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for its friends. It's because of this love that we get to be here celebrating our freedoms and liberties this day. And that's what this weekend is about. As Pastor Rob had said, it's okay to celebrate. These individuals, they didn't want you to sit around and mope. One of Monroe's last words were, did they make it? Those words will ever ring true for every Coast Guardsman and Marine, as they know that it's those people that they can count on, they can trust to bring them home, even if it means them not coming back home. And I just want to remind us, as well as myself, to not forget the sacrifice. To not get caught up in the novelty, but to remember the humanity and the realism of the sacrifice that was done and given. Thank you guys very much for letting me share. I really appreciate it. I'm going to hand everything over to Pastor Rob.
don't know why that's not working again. All right. And uh, the training he's going to be going through to to, to protect um, this nation is amazing. And and the those that are out there, including the police, the firefighters, they they go through training. It's not always enough. Um, but this morning, I actually want to talk a little bit about the training. Um, in the past, in, in wartime, a lot of those who've died for our nation got very little training, especially when there was drafts. They, they would go and they would still go complete a, a, a basic training but they were shipping them out so fast sometimes that that they were still arriving in country. And I'm sure that you know, Tom, who served in Vietnam, um, you know, could correct me if I'm wrong and, and verify this. But many of the young young men who were getting deployed out into these dangerous areas, they had well, it's called basic training for a reason, basic. And they went out there and, and got most of their training while they were in country. Um, training is so important. Zach was telling me that, that these deployable special forces that he will be part of, MSRT uh, West, there's MSRT East, uh, one on the West Coast, one on the East Coast. They, uh, he, as he mentioned, he's just starting the, the training pipeline, which is about 18 months of training. 18 more months of training to be absolutely prepared and then God willing they will never have to use it because if they have to use it there is a clear and definite uh, threat to this nation in some way and and they'll be trained in in everything you know, he went through those that list really quickly but chemical biological explosive nuclear I missed maybe missed one of these five I'm like Nuclear, chemical, they'll be trained. He, he'll be trained in those, you know, those big suits you see on you know, TV, and the, he, he's going to have to work in those. He's, they, they'll be going into, uh, into the firing range um, wearing those suits. They have, to, they have to be trained to do everything when they're called upon. And thank God, right? Thank God. So this morning what I want to talk about is how is our training going? Are, are we are we trained? Are we training? You go, well, what, what do you mean training? I believe that as believers, we should be training. Uh, the scriptures in many, many places talk about training and preparation. Of course, uh, parents are called upon to train their kid, their children, train a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Second Timothy chapter four. I want to. Go there real quick. There's a few scriptures there. Second Timothy chapter four. It says starting in verse two says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. Why? For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, they, uh, ha but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit 
their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober minded, uh, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. We need to be prepared in season and out of season. We need to be always ready to serve Jesus. We need to be always ready to, in, th- in this instance of the saying, to be able to give an answer for the hope that you have. And, and that would be an interesting uh, question. Do we, are we prepared? Are we prepared? Flip over with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 talks a lot about training, training and preparedness. We need to be ready. We need to be trained. We need to be prepared, um, even as Christians. And I'm going to go ahead and start at verse 1. I'm going to read quite a few verses out of chapter chapter 12 in Hebrews. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God skip down to verse 7 it is for discipline that you have to endure God is treating you as sons for what son is there whom His father does not discipline. If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. For this uh, moment, uh, For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And then verse 12 just says, Therefore, lift up your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. We need to be disciplined. We need to be trained. We need to be prepared. And in this this passage here, the word for for disciplined um, is padea. And, and it actually can mean also to teach, to train, and to nurture. We, we look at this as only a discipline when we read these scriptures. It says it sounds like God is punishing us. That is not what the scriptures are teaching us here. In this, it's talking about how he's training us, disciplining us. But discipline comes with training. Even in the words, we've lost that uh, thinking of discipline sometimes to where you know, it's like, oh, well, discipline is, is wrong. You shouldn't discipline a child. Well, you shouldn't discipline a child. Don't you want the child to be disciplined in their life? So we should live as disciplined people. Uh, disciplined people know how to have self-control. They know how to get the job done because they're exercising discipline. Uh, I, I don't want to talk too much about, uh, I don't want to get off track too much and talk about the generation of people that are being raised up um, but many of them, sadly, I think that we've 
lost that idea of discipline and disciplining them. We, we as parents, I think, have failed and fallen down on the job to, to not help this next generation to be as disciplined as they should. And so a lot of young people are just doing whatever seems right, doing whatever feels good. Their work ethics have dropped because they are working with a, without discipline. Uh, sometimes when I go into places, I see people just loafing around more than ever in the past. You go and you check out at the store, and you might tell the clerk, why, thank you. And, a, and the new generation of people says, no problem. And, and, and I don't know about you, I, I just go, what? No, your answer back to me is, no, thank you. What, what's happened? Well, they're on their phone. Somebody told me that they went through a drive-thru the other day, and the person taking the order, when they pulled up, the person stood on their phone for about 30 seconds while they finished their text before they greeted them or got their food. Why, why did they do that? Because they don't have discipline in their life. They, they, don't have, they don't know that there's a time that you put this thing away. We should, be, we should all be putting this thing away a lot more. They haven't been disciplined to know that there are certain times. Discipline is lacking, but it's lacking in the church as well. We, we want to become disciplined people, and in order to be disciplined, sometimes we do have to go through discipline from the Father. Our, our children need to experience discipline. I'm not talking about beating. You know, uh, uh, Uncle Gary used to come in with Zach and Matthew and all the little kids when, when he'd come over and visit, and he would do this funny thing. He'd joke in it. Kick the door open, so I, I actually used to do it to them too. And I said, "Let the beatings begin." And they would run around. And I, we're not talking about that, but we're talking about disciplining a child. So why? So that when they're old, they have discipline in their life. So uh, my, I don't think I've done this with Sam as as much, but uh, Zach remembers this really well. This is all I would do with Matthew and Zach if if we were out in public. Uh, if they were messing up, I'd just put up my finger like that. And I learned that from a, someone who I respected as a father very much. And you're like, what is that? And it, it was simple. You're a little crooked right now. <laughs> but I'm going to apply some pressure on the backside. <laughs> and you're going to straighten up. I hardly ever had to do it. Hardly ever had to spank them. But I did that. And it Why? Because there was, a, there was somewhat of discipline in the house. And I don't think my kids would ever say I, I beat them. Um, but, but discipline is important. Why? Because when they're disciplined, they end up doing great things. You know, I, ca I couldn't be more proud of all of my children. Zach stands here. He's, he's in the Coast Guard. He's a very disciplined person. He's going to do things, great things for God, Dis but he's disciplined himself. We need to discipline ourselves in the Lord, and part of that discipline is, is teaching and training. That's what I want to talk to us about is, are we being trained, and are we training ourselves in Christ? Unfortunately, sometimes people think that the training, they don't, there's no training, it's just go to church, and that's, that's great, and, and the pastor does the training so that, that we can just hear a message. The pastor does the studying so we can hear a message. The, the thing is, is as a believer, we are all 
deployable special forces. In, in the military, you know, there is only so many generals or admirals. There, there's very few of, the, of, you know, in fact, there's, there's the, the, the general, uh, what is it, the, the general of the army, what's, yeah, the, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah, there, there's, there's the guy who meets with the president, right? There's one of them. Um, and, and you come down the ranks, there's very few at the top. And then as you come down, there's more and more and more and more and more. Right? There's a lot of privates, E1s, E2s, E3s, E4s, there's less, E5s, there's less, E6s, there's these are the ranks as enlisted people in the military. Why? Because leadership is, uh, is there's less. The leadership is training these people, but who goes out and fights? E3s, E4s, E5s, there's more of them. Well, in this setting, you're the E2s and the 3s and the 4s and the 5s. Some of you are leaders of people, but we all need to be able to be deployable special forces. We all need to be trained in the Word. And kind of like the military, you enlist. You enlist. A and you get to say whether you're going to be part of that or not. I want to encourage you that in order to uh, make it to the finish line, you have to train. We can change analogies to, to sports. Uh, many of you probably play, you know, pickleball or like to play some sport. But then I'd say, well, do any of you, you know, play on a team and less hands would, would, would you know, would be up if you actually played or competed in a sport? And, and it do you ever, you know, do it in a, in a sense professionally? Do you run races if you're a runner? And less people. Some people, I, I like to run. I do, you know, 5Ks. Sometimes I just run a couple miles a day. I like that. Well, do you ever run a race? Well, I've actually never ran a race. I've ran, but I've never raced. What does it take to run a race? It takes a lot of training. It takes a lot of discipline. To compete in a sport, it takes discipline. Now, when I was reading in Hebrews 12, it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, again, remember, the Bible is not written in English. It's, it's talking about discipline, and that, and that word was padea. Um, but at the end, in verse 11, I believe it was, 12.11, it says, uh, for the bodies of... I'm in the wrong chapter. Here we go. It says, for the moment, uh, all discipline... Teaching, nurture, training, that's Padea, seems painful rather than pleasant, which it does. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Other scriptures, when it talks about training, uses a, a fun word in the Greek, and it's gumnas, gumnazo, really. And you go, well, what does that sound? If you look at it, it's G, a U, M, N, and you start, that kind of looks like, Gym. It's actually where we get the word gymnasium from. It means to train. It means to, to exercise, to train. But what's interesting is it comes from the root that means naked. You know, what does that have to do with anything? Gymnasium, gumnazo, comes from gumnas, which means naked. And here we go. This is going to be really kind of fun for you. 
six from six B, uh, um, like 60 BC, I think it was. Anyways, they would train, and when the Olympics started, they used to do it naked. They competed in all the sports naked. <laughs> right? I just, I, I just decided I don't want to be a professional athlete. And I, and I was going, and you're like, who cares, Pastor Rob? And I was like, what is, is there a significance? That, well, I think there's a couple. It's, I'm weighing, I'm putting aside every weight. I'm not having anything. I'm in. I'm going to train. I'm going to fight. That's why when you read the scripture, it says lay aside every hindrance. It was, there was a picture going on for them. It's like, you're about to, to run a race. You're about to compete in the games. It's time to gumnazo. It's time to strip down. We're going to, and then it also, I guess if you go to an event, you can tell the difference between the, those competing and those that are not. <laughs> Well, they go into strict training. When you go into to training, there's some things that we want to do. When you're training, you want to have focus. If, if you want to accomplish something, you, you need to be able to focus on what's important what's true you want to focus on the goal you want to focus on the training you want to lay aside all these other things when we're talking about training in the lord we want to begin to focus on him and get all these other things out of our hearts and out of our mind and and step up and say no i want to i want to be ready as the scriptures say in your heart set apart christ and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason that you hope that you the, the hope that you have in First Peter? We have focus. If you're going to train, be trained, and have discipline, you need to have consistency. We need to have consistency in, in in our lives. How is your training going? Is is your your walk with the Lord consistent? Well, let's talk about some elements of 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 training for us as believers. One of the things we need to be trained in is, is the Word of God. We, we need to, to know the Word of God. It needs to be something that we're familiar with. As Zach was talking about, being familiar with your weapon. You need to know how, to, how it breaks down. You need to know everything about it. You, know, it it's, you don't want it to malfunction. You always want to be ready. All of your equipment, you need to know. You need to be familiar with it. We need to be familiar with with the Word of God. We need to be um, people who read it consistently and study it and not just rely on what other people say. Remember the first scripture I read in, in uh, Timothy? He was talking about, I'm going to go back there and read it again. Have nothing to do with the godless myths and old wives' tale. Rather, train yourself to be godly. Train yourself to be godly, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. It's 
starting in verse 1, though, it says, The Spirit expressly says, In later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Verse uh, 6, If you put these things uh, before the brothers, you'll be a good servant of Jesus Christ, trained in the words of the faith and good doctrine that you've followed and have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. We want to recognize the truth. We want to know how to discern. The, the scriptures say that in the end times, people will be drawn away and believe other things. Are there any other truths that are being taught today that people are beginning to believe? You know, people are beginning to believe that life isn't important. That that it's really a woman's choice to kill a baby. And notice, when you hear this, they never call it a baby. But it's becoming truth. People are preaching other words to all of us, to the world, to, to Christians. And Christians are being challenged by, wow, well, that, that makes a lot of sense. And if God loves everyone, he loves that mom, and he wouldn't want that mom to suffer and have a difficult life. He'd want her to be prosperous. And she can't really be prosperous if she's poor herself and trying to raise, raise a child. It's much better. It's godly that she has that choice to live her life. Doesn't that sound good? It does. See, when you, when you combat the truth, you, you don't just come against it 100% from the other side. People recognize that. You, you would never just have someone say, you know what I think is a good idea? Let's kill babies. Everyone would be like, no. But, but the lie comes in really close to parallel to the, the truth. Just askewed a little bit so it starts to intersect. And we don't recognize it. But, but how, how can we recognize? Well, we, we recognize the truth by training in the truth, by studying the word, by seeing the heart of God for people, by, by knowing the scriptures that say in that situation, for I formed you in the womb and before you were born, I knew you. How, do you, how does he know someone if they're not alive until birth? Because I, I formed you in the womb, I knew you. It's important that we know the truth, the scriptures of why the Bible is true, why God is who he says he is. And in order to do that, we, we need to have focus. We need to have consistency. I think it's really important that we would have a, have a trainer. See, we don't want to just be weekend warriors. Weekend warriors who go out and play sports on the weekend hurt themselves. That, you know, I've, I've had more little injuries just going out and playing a game on the weekend than, we, we, you know, just you, you hurt your knee. Why? You didn't warm up. You, didn't get, you weren't trained. You weren't training regularly. We need to find people who can help us grow in the word. We need trainers. Church is part of that. Um, having people one-on-one -on -one that you can 
work with, that you can train with. I, I put here workout buddies, but I went, no, 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 workout buddies are, are not enough. That, that's too loose of a phrase. We need people who are really, really training. A workout buddy is someone you might just go to the gym with and chat half the time. You ever gone to the gym with a workout buddy? And, and sometimes they're just, they're just kind of fellowship. It's kind of fun. You might, and then you go out and maybe get coffee afterwards. You want to find somebody who's training with you, who's going to help you keep your eye on the prize of the race that you're going to win, that you're going to run. You want to find people who are serious about God. Now, can you have workout buddies in your life? Absolutely. You, you, we're going to be surrounded by that all the time. But what I, I'm encouraging is to find people who actually are serving Jesus, growing in Jesus, reading the scriptures, people of prayer, people of righteousness, and begin to get with them and say, let's do this together. You hold me accountable. I'll hold you accountable. We'll call each other up. How are you doing? Are you in the scriptures? What are you learning today? What did you read? When they see you doing something wrong, if I, if I go to the gym and start working out and I have somebody who's also training and I start doing an exercise incorrectly, they should say, hey, you're going to hurt yourself. That's not the right way to do it. That's not truth. Do it like this. Oh, thank you. I need that. When we're living our Christian lives, we should be in relationships where somebody, we've given them permission to say, hey, you're not doing that right. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt your family. We're going to train. We're going to be prepared. What do we need to be prepared in? And, and I'm going to kind of move, move quick here. I, I've already said it. We need to be prepared in the word of God. The, the Bible says of itself that every word of God is flawless. He's a shield to those who take refuge in him. We need to know that this is a good book. That it is trustworthy. That it is true. That is 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 more than just words. It is morally good. It is godly. And that it's useful, as the scriptures say about itself, for teaching and training in righteousness. We need to be familiar with the word of God. And there's, I, I brought some, some things that I want to, some examples of things that you could have in your arsenal of training. Um, and not necessarily these specifically, but uh, if you want to get to know the Bible a little bit better, Books like this can help you study the Word of God. This is actually Rick Warren. He's, believe it or not, he's actually a scholar. He's very good. Rick Warren's Bible study t methods. You can get a book like this and actually learn how to study the Bible in, in seven different ways. There's different ways to study the Bible. Most of us, most people, they just read the Bible. They just read it. They don't study it. But, but in order to know it, you need to sometimes cross-reference certain scriptures with other scriptures with other scriptures understanding the whole part of it. This is a, a book that would teach you how to study the Bible. As you're reading the Bible and you want to know more about the Bible, books like this are great to have. I, encourage, I Everyone should have something like this. This is Haley's Bible Handbook. This has so much uh, information about the Bible. It's got a history. It's, it's got um, extra things that would teach us about the, the Bible. Um, what certain numbers mean in the Bible, uh, what what Sabbath years means. And it goes into extra things about every book of the Bible. In fact, every book is in here. This is the it starts on Amos. 
You read and you read this also, and it talks about things happening in the book of Amos. This is similar to something like this, the handbook to the Bible. There's a ton of information and, and maps and historical, archaeological things to help you understand the Bible better and to realize that it's not just a book of fairy tales. Something that every one of us should do is to have a path to walk on where you're growing in Christ, and something like this would be amazing. And I, I, I want to take a couple of you specifically through this. This is called My Life in Christ. And this lays a foundation of what is sin, what is baptism, how do we turn away from sin. It has uh, suggested prayers. It, it teaches us deeper doctrines about loving the Word of God, how to read the Bible. Um, it talks about prayer, how to pray. It's, it's got beautiful drawings in it, too. But it's a great beginning discipleship class. We've, we used this for many years here in the church for beginning discipleship. I mean, there's, there's great works on prayer, of how to pray, how to have a prayer life. We need to be studying. We need to be reading. We need to be devoting ourselves to our growth in the Word, in prayer, in discipleship. And in something else, we need to be in those relationships where we're causing each other to grow. It's part of training. You know, a lot of people who do sports, they have running groups. They have the groups that they hang out with. They help them. They encourage them to keep going. Church, we need to be training like Zach, like those in the military, like those in law enforcement should be. Training. Being ready. What, what are we being ready for? The time that people come in and begin to challenge your faith. I don't want to embarrass anyone here, but have you ever been, so don't raise your hand, but have you ever been in a situation where somebody asked you a question about God or salvation that seemed really basic and you couldn't answer it? And you went, you, maybe you went something like, I probably should know that. I probably should know that by now. Right? And unfortunately, here's what, here, here's what some people do, more and more people do today. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. You're not going to win any races that way. I was going to run this week, but I just, I didn't. I, I didn't run at all this week. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, but I have, I have a race coming up. No, it's okay. We actually should be challenging one another. Not, not condemning them, but, but if they've told you, hey, I'm, I'm trying to lose weight and I'm trying to enter a race, and then they start telling you stuff like, yeah, I've been having a lot of, you know, burgers and ice cream and I haven't been running. Then you go, hey, you told me you wanted to go on the race. You're not going to win the race that way. But if you want, I'll meet with you at 7 o'clock tomorrow, and, and I'll run with you. Or how about we'll meet it tomorrow morning. I'll ride my bike and make you run. <laughs> but I'll be there with you. Be in relationships with people that will challenge you, not judge you, challenge you to grow. We, we're losing that in society. Everyone just wants to feel good about everything. 
you know, it's participation medals. You know, for kindergartners, that's fine. But I'm sorry, that, what, what are we teaching? That everything is okay. Everything's acceptable. Whatever you think is good. But the Bible actually teaches differently. It says there's one way to heaven. In, 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 the, in the scriptures, it says that you're going to be, to Timothy, you're going to have to teach them because they're going to be drawn away to other teachings. They're going to accept another Jesus, it, it said. Another Jesus, other than the one that has been preached to them. Mm. Bobby Knight said this, the key is not the will to win. Everybody has that, right? It is the will to prepare to win that's important. The key is not the will to win. Everybody has that. It's the will to prepare to win that's important because it's in the preparation, the day to day to day. And you may train for a long time before you're ever called upon to use your training. But when that training comes, you want it. There's a scripture that says that we're trained so that we can recognize good from evil. In this day and in this time, we need to recognize that more and more and more. What is good? What is evil? What does the Bible say? Let's, let's move on to maturity. Not laying, uh, again, the simple foundations. Let's go be mature, not just needing milk, but need solid food as the scriptures teach us. So that we can grow. We can win the race that we're in. I want to encourage us all and just, just stir you up to, to more training, more preparation, times in prayer, times of, in the Scripture, spending time with the Almighty through His Word and just talking to Him more and more so that you know how to recognize the voice of God. You know how to recognize the truth. And we're ready to compete. Kind of going over, so I want to just close with that. Let's pray. God, I thank you that uh, for each one here this morning, each one uh, tuning in online, Lord, each of us are in a different place in our, in our training. God, there's some who are new to the faith, and there are some who maybe been in the church for a long time but haven't grown. God, and I thank you that you have grace for us right where we're at. I thank you, God, that you have love for us right where we're at, but you have too much love for us to leave us that way. God, I thank you that you're calling us to a deeper understanding so that we're ready. We're ready to combat the arguments that, that challenge our faith and bring doubt and, and, and cause us to go to the left or to the right. God, you want us to be firm in our convictions and firm in our belief, God. And I pray that each one this morning, each of us, including myself, would be challenged to, to grow to, to take that one step closer to Jesus, to look at our life and say, you know, I'm going to begin to train more. I'm going to read the scriptures more. I'm going to pray more. And, and maybe that'll also say, but I don't know how to do it, so maybe I need a personal trainer. I'm going to find somebody who can help me learn the word better and, and read and understand it more. God, I pray that nobody 
would let the enemy come in and bring a condemnation or judgment over a message like this, but there would just be encouragement. God, that great cheerleader that says, you can do it. Let's, let's, go, let's go from couch to 5K. We can do it. Father, I encourage each of us to just step up and, and begin to train and so that we're ready. We can help others train and we can uh, just grow in our faith and, and know you in a deeper and intimate way. Even, even that thought of if you start eating healthy for a while, you'll pretty soon you'll like healthy food. God, training isn't easy. It doesn't always feel good, but after a while, there's even a joy that comes with the pain of training and discipline. God, help us to keep on keeping on, being consistent until that begins to happen. Fill us this day, God. Even as we remember those who sacrifice so that we could live in this in this nation that we could be free god they were willing to train they were willing to 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 go the extra mile help us to be the same way in jesus name amen